the hell are you talking about? You helped make it. I kickstarted back it. to Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't count. Yes, it does. My na- my name is actually going to be in the credits of this game. I helped make it. That was like the highlight of my day working on that. The five minutes it took to do that, that was the highlights of my day. Oh my god. <laughs> And she was cocky as hell with him. And it was fantastic. Good evening, young Max. The squirrels talk to me, but how can you? Samuel has no phone. It's like a haiku. And so I really took a lot of time going through. It's kind of creepy, you know, because <laughs> you're kind of sniffing around her stuff. Lawyer. It's not like I laid down in bed and made snow angels with the blankets or anything. But Don't lie. But It wasn't really, an option. Yeah, really. Note to Campo, make that an option. Yeah, put us. do you want to sniff the pillow option? Uh, but Going to live up some dreams here, Raj. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Later on, I'm doing some other stuff because I still haven't finished helping them. But every now and again, Travis will say, so, something interesting happened. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts talking about the Brotherhood of Steel. And then it's like, but they got some help from the Outlander. And I'm going, hey, that's me. He's talking about me. (laughs) And for a brief moment, I felt like famous. (laughs) It was like, the DJ's talking about me. That's awesome. Mom, I'm on the radio. It was awesome. Hello and welcome to For the Lord. This is Roger coming to you on our last episode of the year. As you can tell from that, we've had some fun this year. I didn't get the chance to obviously go through everything and pick out all the, the highlights of the year, but I've got to start doing that more often because it really is fun to listen to. Well, the fun that we've had over the, the, the various episodes throughout the year. Now, what we're going to do for this episode is we're essentially just going to talk about, again, highlights of the year in terms of gaming. We already talked about where we stand in terms of what we felt were the best games of the year when we did our game awards episode. So this is not going to be that. This is just talking about games. Yes, they're going to be categorized together, essentially, but just shooting the shit about some of our highlights over the year because there's been a lot of spectacular games that both came out this year and that we played this year. And by that, I mean, some of them actually might've come out last year, but we spent a lot of time playing them this year. Case in point, that fallout four, which you heard a few clips from there when we discussed it previously. So we're going to start off with indie games and just kind of work our way from there. And this year was a strong year for indie games. I mean, we had firewatch layers of fear, oxen free, super hot, uh, super hot, uh, darkest dungeon, Pony Island. <laughs> Let it be known that the show notes were a group effort. So some of these I have no goddamn clue about. Vince, what the fuck is Pony Island? Pony Island is actually a game that you're going to see popping up on a lot of year-end lists because it's one of those games that came completely out of nowhere and definitely made an impact. It's... To explain it, oh shit, I know this game. (laughs) (laughs) 
the core gameplay is like a shitty little like endless runner where you're you know a pony jumping over fences and that's it like it's really simple but the presentation is incredibly over the top and after you play through it a couple times you come to realize that the game itself is kind of a meta commentary about gaming in general of doing these really simple pointless tasks but it has a reward structure behind it that keeps you wanting to play. And the concept is you're actually in hell. And this game was literally developed by the actual devil to imprison your soul inside this repetitive action. And the the over-the-top reward structure is meant to, you know, basically make it addictive and for people to continue wanting to play this game and stay there forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, I know nothing about that. Tart. So <laughs> where it gets really interesting is like the, the the goofy little pony game is not like the actual game. The actual game is actually a series of really interesting logic puzzles and all kinds of weird things where you as the player are hacking the game to try and get free. Like it's it's actually brilliant when you see when you actually do it like it's it's really hard to explain like you can watch some videos and, and, but it's interesting because it has that uh eternal darkness level of fucking with the player with like false steam notifications game crashes like all kinds of crazy stuff that it really gets you into the headspace of not knowing like what the hell's going on and what you're doing to the point where you can actually unlock secret parts of the game by actually going in and editing the game files on Mm -hmm. your hard drive like it's incredibly simple the graphics are practically non-existent but for just the sheer level of creativity definitely deserves mention on a year-end list hmm. yeah I, I, I this came across like i f- completely forgot about this game um but i remember it randomly showed up on my youtube feed of somebody playing it and it was the weirdest goddamn thing i've ever seen i and it's on sale so i'm purchasing it like right now <laughs> I mean, this blows away some crazy Japanese shit for weirder shit I've seen this year. How long is it? About? I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, it's close. I've seen some crazy fucking Japanese shit. <laughs> Thanks in large part to your girlfriends. <laughs> well, not so much Tark, but definitely Al. <laughs> I have I have Tark to blame for my freaking Marvel Sumsum addiction now. So we'll get into that later. Where I would like to point out, less than a week ago, your your exact words were, what's a Sum Sum? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Not anymore. Now I'm on the freaking Discord channel trying to dig up the meta for the game, everything. Like, I am balls deep in this game right now. Jesus. Fuck. Uh, one of the games that I was fondest of this year in terms of indie games, as much as I loved super hot and oxen free and firewatch for me the one that i look to and think how much of an impact it had on me was actually freaking layers of fear because and i know that it's not the most popular not that many people have played it but for what it did i just felt it did it so perfectly it just was so well crafted beautiful game to look at creepy as shit 
and then had a lot of things going forward as well in terms of not just game design, but the sound editing, the music score, all kinds of stuff. Like it just was a game that stayed with me a very long time. Again, the other ones did for a while as well, but nothing compared to that layers of fear. And a large part of that has to do, of course, with, with it being a horror game because those do tend to stay with you longer by sheer virtue of the fact that they scare the shit out of you. If they do, then they're successful and that stays with you, that heightened sense. But of all the, the indie games I played that this year that I would recommend to people and say, you have to play this freaking game. It was awesome for me. It was actually layers of fear. You know, I really loved watching you play that game. Like I would never play it. But watching you play it was like a highlight of my year. There's a lot of fun in watching people get scared shitless. I, oh, hell yeah, there is. <laughs> I was telling uh, Vince, it's um, I'm, I've been off on holidays, and my son's been off. He finished all of his uh, university exams, so he's been off for a little bit. And so yesterday was our day to just sit around and play some VR games. And I'll get into some of that later on. But the one that I got him to play, well, that he wanted to play as well, was the Resident Evil, the new demo that came out. And it's funny because you're not used to um, a show being filmed like this. So when you're watching it on TV, it's odd seeing somebody peer around a corner and being kind of like very slowly tilting their head (laughs) (laughs) and looking down the hall, every single hall, every single door, everything. But, yeah, there's a joy in seeing people get scared shitless. And so, yeah, actually, Joe, you missed some of the best ones for me. I because I only filmed the, the very final chapter. Well, I didn't yeah, I heard film you had history. some uh, interesting moments early oh, on. Man, so, those were freaking awesome. <laughs> and then, Vince, I'm assuming for you, probably a highlight was probably what I'm guessing Darkest Dungeon. It, absolutely. Like, it's a game I still play. Mm-hmm. I, I it's so phenomenally well made with how much you can do in that game and wanting to go back and like start over and do all the new stuff and super hyped about the new DLC coming next year. It's firewatch was probably the best, but not necessarily the highlights, but darkest dungeon is definitely my favorite. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Like firewatch was one of those games that it was phenomenal. And probably if I had to like, which of the list was the best or whatever, I'd definitely give it to Firewatch uh, just because of the the depth of emotion you feel in a game that, for lack of a better term, is quote-unquote combat-free boringness. I've actually heard somebody say that when I suggested that they purchase it this week <laughs> to them. Um, but Darkest Dungeon, I still play too. Like, I absolutely love that game. It's And part of it's because I'm a sucker for roguelike games. But it's just so well done, and the community around it, and the the players and the dev team are absolutely phenomenal. Like I was thoroughly impressed with it. Now, kind of not considered indie, but in terms of strong narrative games too, it was a strong showing for Telltale this year as well with Batman, as well as the third season of The Walking Dead, which the first two episodes just fell. Uh, when was that? That was this week, last week, last week. And Mm -hmm. while we weren't fans of the Michonne series, I'm here to say the first two episodes of season three are spectacular. I adored them. What's cool is that, A, you're not playing as 
Clementine. You do, but only in flashbacks. You're playing as a new character. I like that it's not just some white dude either. You've got a Hispanic family, and it has a very strong feel for that, the manner in which the family is important, how they all interact together, the the manner in which they speak, everything. I really, really dig it. And what I like is that the way that I played season two with Clementine was fairly harsh. I figured this kid killed, because I I made her kill Lee at the end of season one. So that basically ended her childhood right then and there. I mean, even if nothing else had up until that point, that there, that was it. And so you would think that somebody who's gone through that will be a lot tougher from that point forward. So when I played through season two, she wasn't cutesy Clementine. She was hard as freaking nails and she was making choices that I necessarily wouldn't make, but I felt were right for her. So now going into the third season, I like it because Javier is way different. He is a softer character. He is much calmer and, and there's a lot more options given to you to resolve situations without going to violence. So it's nice to have that return back if you choose to, to do that. But what's awesome is that because they allow you to also play as Clementine in the flashbacks, you still get that hard-edged survivalist mentality that you can also play with. And then also she kind of tries to steer you into different choices when you're playing as Javier. So that that also kind of plays with the the morality system of what you're going to do and how easily you'll be influenced by somebody else. So first two episodes I thought were spectacular. I really enjoyed them a lot and I really can't wait for the rest of the, the seasons or sorry, the rest of the episodes of the season to come out. I, I know that I've been eagerly waiting to play it. Um, I'm making time to actually finish, have to finish season two, two. <laughs> so I can actually play season three. Well, it's um, important to finish season two because of the baby yeah. as well. So because yeah. you need to figure out what's going to happen with that baby moving forward. Yeah, and I and I can see that. Like, well, I mean, they, they've done a really good job of carrying that through with uh, with season one into season two and season three. Um, not quite like the horribleness that was Michonne. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that because that's a continuous story with all effects. Like everything carries through, and that's really exciting. And the fact that you're giving it that much praise right now it makes me excited to finish my ass through. <laughs> so I can play it. Well, based on the first two episodes alone, I'm already putting this above season two, even in terms of how good it was. Really? Not even see, Michonne to me is just that blip on the map that does not count. So it's it's like the freaking Batman movie with Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you don't acknowledge that ever happened. <laughs> but this is the the third season already. Those first two episodes. There's a lot more nuance to all of the characters that you meet uh, and that you start off with kind of thing than even what I felt in the second season. And and I can't stress this enough. I really love playing as Javier, but also having those flashbacks, which allow me to play as Clementine as well. Like it's, it's very well written and crafted as a, a game so far. How far have you gotten into Batman? Did you finally finish it off? 
No. No. Okay. So you've basically given up on that one? For now, it's at the back of my list. Like okay. it's 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 not a high priority right now. See, for me, I I finished it immediately as soon as episode five came out, and I have like no disappointments for that game. The the first episode I didn't think was as strong as the rest of them, but it was ramping up towards it. And you have to accept that in some games, the manner in which they're written, that that's just going to be the way it sure. works out. But man, I absolutely adored it. And then I made sure to watch the videos as well that are, you see them in the, the menu, but you can also go to the YouTube channel and see them. The one that uh, Greg Miller did with both voice actors and writers and higher ups at Telltale. And it gives you a different perspective of different things that are in it and things that they did differently. And and I really dug that. Like there's so much that I feel took the regular canon for Batman and spun it around. Like you were talking about how the same story was done with the Waynes for Hush. Yeah. Now I'm going to test your memory here because I've actually decided too late, of course, but I decided I'm going to go back and read it because I, like I said before, I'd never read Hush, but I have it. So I started reading it and I'm nine issues in of 12 issues and there's no mention of that at all. Is that a surprise that comes in the final at the end of that? There's a the last I want to say three issues and Vince could probably bag me up on this I think is where all like the culmination of everything really kind of kicks off and that's when the climax happens and then the sort of the conclusion so everything really ramps up in that story and finishes in the last I think it's three issues yeah the the first several chapters are a lot of red herrings okay okay well maybe I'll see it in the last three episodes or issues then because like I said I'm I've only got three issues to go and a few pages from the one before that. And because uh, literally I was editing <laughs> for that little intro as well as reading comic books for recording. But yeah, I still, there's no mention, no nothing about that. Anyways, all that being said, even if there is some similar references in Hush, I loved how it was done here. I love what they did with Vicky Vale and the twist there. I love that Thomas Wayne is the bad guy and Joker is a good guy. Helping you out when you're in the in Arkham. Like there were so many things that I thought were really cool. And I think that it was awesome being able to play a much harsher Batman if you chose to. And that was that was something that I really loved. It was something in one of the episodes where he's talking with Troy Baker, Greg Miller, and they were talking about one scene in particular and like damn near came to blows when they're arguing about you did what? How could you do that? And I was like, that's how I felt like there's some options very much like a walking dead game, not as much, but still if you're tied to the character of Batman where you're like pausing the screen and going, the fuck am I going to do here? Like, this is a big choice. Am I going to spear him on the rebar or not? And I did because it was fun. So, yeah, I I really, really dug it and I'm, I'm happy they made it. And I'm obviously looking forward to season two, which they must be working on. And that's likely to be the episode with uh, the season with uh, Joker. So and they are writing Joker differently than what we saw. We've seen anywhere. So, yeah, very, very, very cool. Moving on to there to some AAA titles. We got a number of those that we played this year as well. While Fallout 4 came out last year, because it was towards the tail end of the year, we played a lot of it actually this year. Say what you will about No Man's Sky. I fucking loved it still. Yes, there were some problems with it, but I still loved it. Joe, I know you love Far Cry Primal. 
We got oh, yes. Final Fantasy 15, which just dropped not that long ago. The Witcher 3, the expansion, Blood and Wine. Dishonored 2, which dropped again not that long ago. Civilization 6, XCOM 2. And yes, there are many others, but these are the ones that we spent a lot of time playing. So, Joe, what would you say, if not one of these, which one do you feel was your AAA title of the year so far? That you Witcher really, 3. That's the one you enjoyed the most? Out of all of them, probably, because it was the most expansive. Uh, it was a completely different feel from the core game, even though, like, the, the engine was the same. Um, it was such a large departure from what had been the traditional landscape of the Witcher universe with phenomenal story, phenomenal voice acting, uh, great gameplay, uh, a few very interesting side quests that you stumble upon. It was just a complete experience at the uh, the the cost of an expansion, and I was incredibly pleased with it. I probably would. Have, I'm only halfway through Dishonored two, um, and I'm loving what I'm seeing there. But until I get the full story, I I can't even begin to to rank it uh, against Witcher three. Yeah, yeah. So, and you were so, talking also about Far Cry Primal about the the linguistics linguistics in it that you really appreciate. And I remember you talking about that when it first came out. Yes. And you were talking about that again today too. So yeah, so interesting side story here. So I have a friend who does work at Ubisoft and uh I recently had drinks with him when he came down uh for a little bit of a visit back home and he brought his girlfriend and his girlfriend also works works there. And he had to excuse himself for a little bit. And so I'm talking with his girlfriend, just, you know, being chatty and normal and like, Hey, you know, what do you do? Type stuff like that. And we started talking about, um, some of the games she's worked on and Far Cry Primal happens to be one of them. And I had to ask, and cause it was never discussed anywhere. I didn't see anything in the media about it. I was like, okay, this has been bothering me. So when I played the game, I turned off the, the, the closed captions and I played the game trying to see if I could understand what was going on without actually knowing the language or being able to read. And she looks at me, she's like, well, could you? I was like, absolutely. She's like, good. We paid a fucking linguist to create a language for the game. <laughs> they actually created a real language for the fucking game. That's phenomenal. That's attention I, to detail that you don't see in a lot of games. Yeah. And yeah. so my hunch, my hunch way back when, I was right, that, right that there's a reason it was so consistent because it was an actual language. Cool. Vince, what about you? Well, I've kind of got to take a punt on this one because between moving and saving money and my PlayStation being broken for a good chunk of the year, I actually didn't play very much AAA titles this year. I mean, I played the hell out of XCOM. I'm currently playing the hell out of Civ. That's why I put them on the list. Like, they were really the only AAA titles I played this year. But I wouldn't put any of them up at, like, game of the year level. I had a lot of fun with them. I really enjoyed them. I just started playing Final Fantasy fifteen. I was just going to ask. <laughs> because on Monday, I went out and got a new PlayStation and picked up the game. So Hold on, hold on. Your, in, your, your PlayStation is that screwed up you had to buy another one? Yeah. If I'm going to give Sony $150 to fix it, I might as well spend an extra 100 and just get a brand new one. Jesus Christ. What was wrong with it? The 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 memory got went bad. Wow. Yeah. Shouldn't cost so. That. Okay. So uh, six hours in, I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. The combat system. 
it, it kind of depends on what enemy you're fighting. Like some fights are a whole hell of a lot of fun. Some are just really annoying. The story at this point is actually really good. But from what I've heard, the farther you get into the game, the more nonsensical it gets to the point where they have promised to put out free DLC, adding in more cutscenes So the story makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so for me personally, like I, Dishonored 2 is on the list to play. I actually just picked up uh, Mankind Divided because it was on sale at Best Buy for 20 bucks. Yeah, I grabbed that uh, too this year. No Man's Sky is on the to play list. Same with Witcher. So like 2017 is going to be a lot of playing 2016's best games for me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. In terms of MMOs, we also had a big year from both uh, Star Wars The Old Republic as well as World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, of course, had Legion dropped, which... A lot of people loved. I wasn't as crazy about it and haven't been playing for a while. But, Joe, I know. Are you – okay, looking back now, Joe, because it has been several months, mm-hmm. and typically there's that point where it starts to work its way down and reality sets in for most folks. Are you still at a stage where you are absolutely enamored with it or are you kind of seeing cracks in you're, it now? You're going to be surprised. I'm still enamored with it. That they, That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I mean – no, I mean, I, I ate crow on some of them, but I'm I'm still really happy with it, mostly because unlike the other expansions, they are actually making a concerted effort to advance the story in the world, not just the raids. And because the raids aren't the focus of this expansion, um, they're there and they're still serving the same function that they've always done. But every other expansion that's come before it, those are the major story updates. Those are the major content updates. Maybe we got an island off in the distance. Here, like the main city of Suramar, they're advancing the story and it is changing and the quests are changing and there's a new quest that pop up. And it's all about telling the story of what's happening to the people of Suramar. And I'm really impressed with that because it it's done something that hasn't that they haven't been able to do in probably a decade with me playing this game. They make me give a shit about the world I'm playing in as far as the world itself, like the people itself, um, which is, it's really interesting. And a lot of people I, I've talked to have been saying the same thing. It's it's nice to see that they're, after all this time, they're finally doing that. Maybe it's because I didn't get enough, for far enough into um, Surmar to be able to get to that point. But the point that I got into to Ian Suramar, I still had not experienced that. So sadly yeah. for me, it kind of lost its luster pretty fast. So, and, and I that, do that, know that, from following different people, social media, the same kind of tended to happen to a bunch of people that I know. There's still a lot of people that love it, of course, but there's also a lot of people, which is normal for, for an expansion where it's like, yeah, no, that's pretty much had it now. So that's one thing I will gripe about just a little bit is just um, there was some of it that was was gated behind uh, rep and it didn't really phase me because I naturally got the rep from yeah. doing other things. But if you're not doing the other things, I can see where that would be a problem for somebody because if you don't get that extra breadcrumb, you don't get that next piece of the story. It's really easy to lose interest. So I, I can understand that part of it. For me, the expand or the. Um the MMO of the year was Swotar without a doubt. Like between like there was two fucking expansions that came out for the Knights of the Fallen Empire, as well as the Eternal Throne, which I've finished off now. I it, it dropped not that long ago and I made sure to 
play through all of the chapters to, well, because I had to know what the hell was going on and where the story was going and everything with Scorpio and, and all the, the major players and whatnot. And it did not disappoint. There was so much that was done well. And I know that a lot of people have issues with SWOTOR because of endgame content in terms of raids and whatnot. And the Galactic Command is trying to alleviate some of that by doing uprisings and different things. And, and I'm having some fun with that. But it's definitely the chapters for me. Because you are going in and it is very much... Yes, you can do it with others, and yes, you're chit-chatting with your guild as you're playing, certainly, especially when you get to some of those oh-my-fucking-lord moments. But overall, it is a, a very solitary kind of experience, and for this type of game, I'm all right with that. And I said it before, the Knights of the Fallen Empire had some of the most amazing scenes in SWOTOR, and I feel that the Eternal Throne was comparable. Maybe not maybe not quite the same, although some of the moments I thought exceeded it. But there were moments where you're like, oh my fucking lord, and it is epic. And that, of course, is what you want from a Star Wars game. So, yeah. Vince, you haven't even touched the, the, the recent expansion, right? You're still... I finished yet, off well with my work schedule. I just didn't have time to get around to it, but it's probably next week I'm going to start into it, but I think the best thing I can say about Star Wars is as the one of us who's grown away from MMOs in recent years, I played more Star Wars this year than probably any other, well, all the other MMOs I have played combined in the previous three to four years. So for me personally, they did a lot of the exact right things. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And because I was subscribed, there there was the, the various packages that you got if you were subscribed before Knights of the Fallen Empire, as well as throughout all of it, you got the free chapter, the HK chapter at the end of it. And I was talking to you about that before. And I actually I was talking to, to Ali the other day about it, too, while we were both playing. And I was saying, like, when I started it, I thought, oh, this is just going to be a really simple little thing. And I it, I, initially I was having problems because of a quest being locked, but then afterwards it was like, okay. And I started it and I thought, no, no, no this is not going to be much. And then all of a sudden it's like, it ramps off real fast. And I was like, oh, and you do get to play as HK and you have this companion with you. It was the highlight of the entire expansion for me because it was so goddamn awesome. And it's too bad that not everybody gets to experience that. I'm going to, like I was talking to Allie too, I'm going to see about streaming it while I'm off on holidays this week. And, uh, and then she can see it in anybody else. But I just thought it was spectacular. And now I have this companion that nobody else has unless they were subscribed through all that time to have it. And she's a freaking awesome companion. She's the best. So they did some things really right. And the stuff that they didn't do right luckily doesn't affect me all that much. So I don't care. And then, of course, well, actually, before we move on to... Final Fantasy XIV, though, in terms of SWOTOR, we did lose an icon recently. And what's funny is that I've been reading so many people talking about it on, on Twitter and other social media, saying that, especially women, that they grew up not wanting to be a Disney princess, but wanting to be Princess Leia. But it wasn't until they became women themselves that they realized they wanted to be Carrie Fisher. 
because of her honesty in terms of battling mental illness and bringing that to light for so many people. And much like we've seen when Spock passed away with people gathering in game, here people have been gathering on Alderaan at House Organa and doing their memorial services there. So Mm -hmm. very, very touching. And again, it's it's sad to lose, lose her, especially because she was so goddamn young. Moving on to Final Fantasy XIV. I know that Allie's been playing the crap out of it. Have you actually gone back in the game, Vince? I, I haven't. It was one of the casualties of needing to save money. money. <laughs> so I, I had canceled my subscription a while back. And at this point, knowing that A, there's a new expansion around the corner, and B, they're going to be implementing ways that you don't have to play through all the previous content to access the new stuff. Like once that's in place, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to going back in because the new class they've announced looks fucking amazing. <laughs> what is it? I didn't uh, actually it's the look Red Mage. At- one of the, oh, the classic right, Final right, Fantasy right. classes, but that is the most fabulous motherfucker in the history of MMOs. Like he has an emote after he like in the in the in the little trailer they put together after he does like his crazy combo of casting magic and then dashing in with his rapier and just being generally awesome. He actually does an emote where he pops his collar. So like, I read some of the stuff, the the news that they were talking about it and whatnot, and a lot of it I was going like, holy Christ, this is awesome. Maybe I will go back in. And then it was like, oh, there's a whole underwater thing. And I was going, oh, flashbacks to Vashir and WoW. They did go so far as to say that the underwater is purely for exploration and gathering. There is zero underwater. Oh, thank God. (laughs) It's just something they've added in for, you know, they added in flying in the last expansion, so I guess they figured they needed swimming and diving for the new one. They said there's no combat, there's no questing. It's it's a thing you can do, but it's not progression-oriented. So what were some of the other highlights then briefly for that expansion? I, I don't have any of that information in front of me right now, well, but just in general, you. like uh, the, the new area you're going to and the aesthetic they're going with, with uh, like a lot of the... Uh, martial arts influences with the monks being really important and not knowing what other classes are coming up like it's just and knowing that now that the chains are kind of off because they're discontinuing support for the ps3 version which has been kind of holding the game back lately so i I, finally being able to play it without having to catch up on several years worth of content which is what what really bogged me down trying to get into heaven's ward yeah no i agree i I would like to play Heaven's Ward. Even <laughs> I still did not get to that and, point. And the good thing about these potions, like you know, it once you, you, know, you actually use it, and I really hope that they give you one for free with the expansion. Yeah. <laughs> but this being Square, all bets are off. After you've, you know, because all it does is it like it flags like okay, these quests are completed for this character. There's an actual mechanic in the game when you go back to your little uh, room at the inn you can watch all the cinematics so you can still catch up on the actual story without having to have played through it all. That's awesome. Actually Mm -hmm. really cool. Okay, cool. Okay, let's move on to, of course, some TCGs, because this would not be a fourth or without some huge year for TCGs too. Hex Hearthstone expansions Armello, which not a true TCG, but elements of it. Um, the Elder Scrolls Legends, Gwent Beta, which came out Shadowverse Duelist again, has some elements of TCGs like Armello. There was a lot to be said for TCGs this year that was freaking glorious. 
Hex, of course, being my baby. I still play that sucker all the freaking time. Adore it. I love everything that they've done in terms of the events to keep you interested in continually coming back to play them, making it so that it's not too difficult to get the cards and rewards from said event, and also splitting it so that there's rewards for both the PvE aspects as well as the PvP aspects. So, again... For everybody, there's there's something to be done. And then, of course, we had not just the Zone 1 that appeared this year, but just recently the second zone came out with yet another class, the Ranger, came out. So, did I tell you what I named my Ranger? I think I told... Oh, God. Did I tell Joe? I think I told you. It's... Uh, I, I made him a ne- necrotic. <laughs> and your pet, when you're a Ranger, as a necrotic, is a rat. <laughs> So my ranger is named Manuel, and the rat is called Basil from Faulty Towers. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I love the mechanics of the ranger. Ton of fun. And that goes a long way towards really making a game, uh, a TCG, unique in terms of the feel. Not just based on what cards you use, but man, that hero makes a huge difference in how you're going to play the game going forward. So yeah, for me that was that was that was it. And then Hearthstone, while I haven't done any of the Gadgetan stuff other than to get some of the cards and a few of the quests kind of thing early on to unlock all of the factions, it wasn't that big a deal for me. But Karazhan for Hearthstone was beautiful example of what an expansion can be for a TCG. Very different than what Hex has put out with its zones, but different in a good way. Not to say one's better than the other, which is very, very different. But holy shit, freaking Karazhan was spectacular. As for Gwent, that's the one that both of you were dying to play. I know that, Mm -hmm. uh, Joe, you got into the beta. Vince, did you ever get into it no I, I wasn't dying to play it i was interested you sounded though. pretty interested joe how I, how are you dealing with it then I, we'll get back to you in a minute Vince. sorry joe I what do you think still really like it yeah. um it's it's not as engrossing as some of the other games are like it's not going to keep you there for hours and hours and hours um but it's one of those things where it's such an easy game to pick up play a couple of games and then walk away and never have to worry about it. Um, the reason I like it so much is because it's it's this fine mix of CCG and chess because there's a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of plotting. There's a lot of planning. Um, where you place things makes a difference. What you play makes a difference. Um, and I have heard some people complain that it's a little RNG dependent. And to a certain extent, that's true, but so is every CCG. It depends on what you draw off the top deck. Um, but I really, I still really enjoy the game. I think it's a beautiful implementation of it. I think it's a beautiful realization of what was just a minor part of the Witcher series and the books, because this was something that was explained in detail in the books um, and being brought to life as its own standalone thing. And I have it on both the Xbox and the PC now, so I've been switching back and forth between the two. Right. Vince, you were saying? Yeah, see, for me, it was... Uh, Gwent was a very welcome distraction in the actual Witcher game of something different and fun to do. And, you know, it it actually tied in with, like, your actual questing and stuff, too. Like, you wanted to progress through the game so that you could, you know, get better cards and whatnot. But 
as a standalone game, I said, I'm interested in it, but like, it's it's not a must must do for me. Like I, it uh, cool. It's there. I probably won't play it much, if at all. But like I loved it within that setting. Kind of like uh, Triple Triad. In Final I was just going to say, is that how you feel like, about that one? If Triple Triad was his own standalone game, it wouldn't have the same appeal to me as it does within Final Fantasy XIV of actually being in that world and going and finding the various NPCs to duel against. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I I, I can't get into Gwent to speak of. I mean, I've played it and I can see the appeal of it to a certain degree. But when I look at what I'd like to do with a card game... It simply does not have, maybe it's enough strategy. And I know it's meant to be a simple game that can be played with a lot of strategy. You still can't compare that strategy to what's involved with a variety of other TCGs. And for me, that, that holds it back quite a bit. Uh, sure. It, yeah, it's just, it's, it, it does occupy a place in between like Hearthstone and Hex, really. Like it's, it's an in-between point. Hex is far more involved, far more in-depth. One of the ones that is surprisingly simple and yet the same kind of thing has a lot of complexity, but that I also love is the Elder Scrolls Legends actually surprised me by just how good it is. The the way that it sets up the lanes and the conditions on the lanes sometimes, the familiarity with the IP means a lot to, to me because I do love Elder Scrolls games. So it is something that surprised me that I like as much as I, I do. Same thing with Shadowverse as well. Pretty much any card game. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some crazy Japanese shit because we do like to do that as well. Oh, hold on. Okay, okay. So this was an interesting year for crazy Japanese shit. It is the year that I realize what otome means because other than before that, I had no fucking clue, no reason to know either. But now I know what an otome is. But wait, you were always aware of it, but it's become much more important a part of your your perception this year. I will say this. I'd never heard the term Otome before Ali. I, I same. Yeah. So it <laughs> but was knowing that dating sims were a thing was not, oh, yeah. you know. So, yeah. So we got to play some weird ass freaking Otome <laughs> games for both this podcast and as well when we had the ladies on. We there was also I played through. Well, not all of the various endings and all that, but the the Zero Escape 3 Time Dilemma. There was, of course, Valhalla, which <laughs> produced some pretty heated discussions. I think we've said enough that needs to be said about that. I'd rather not go back. <laughs> and then I'm grouping in freaking World of Final Fantasy in there because oh, yeah. it's a Japanese game where you stack mirages on your head. It fits in the category of crazy Japanese shit. And then you added in your uh, Fire Emblems Fate and Street Fighter V. I didn't realize you were playing Fate. Fates. I knew that I, Ali I is. didn't, but it's... It's in your it's house. It's part of my daily yes. life. <laughs> <laughs> I am amazed that she is still playing that shit. She has been playing that forever. Because, I mean, she's been talking about it on freaking Twitter forever. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I guess, you know, it's a testament to the great job they did with the game. This like, true. I, I, having not played it, but, you know, hearing about it, they actually did a really good job of, like, tying the various games together into, like, all these storylines and stuff going on, seeing the different sides of this great war and, like, your decisions that you make through the game are actually really important. Like, if, you, if you're not... Uh, 
if you don't build up like whatever their social ranks or whatever with certain characters, like they'll straight up die in certain cutscenes. Like so, I for the game itself and the incredibly faithful community that sprung up around it is that it. I haven't played it, but they, they deserve credit for what they've done there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I also played some of Corpse Party. I'd never played that. The what? Corpse Party. Weird-ass little Japanese game. I don't know if it's that little, but I'd heard about it before, and I went, that sounds interesting. And then I started playing, and I was going, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, again, some of the most memorable gaming from this year did, in fact, come from this category, at least for me, between that Mm -hmm. fucking caging the boy or the 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 girl one, <laughs> which I didn't get that playthrough. But what the hell game is that again? Damn it, Amnesia. Amnesia doing that fucking thing, and then the the weird ass ones that I played that are from the male perspective. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fucking hell! In that Honey Pop game, uh, some of the the games that stick out in my mind, not necessarily in a good way, <laughs> are in this category for sure. For me. <laughs> And of course, I, World Final Fantasy is is actually one of the highlights for me of this year. Out of everything that happened to me this year, that's close to the fucking top. I, I think it might be my personal game of the oh, year. Yeah? Like I, I can't think of any other game I spent as much time with consecutively as World of Final Fantasy. Like XCOM, Civ, Darkest Dungeon, those are games I've come back to over and over again. But World of Final Fantasy, I, I haven't gone more than a couple days without playing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you how many hours I've put into it at this point. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you've seen how many And it's not just like, oh, hours of gameplay. It's hours of enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Shooters were an interesting category this year because we got a lot more story tossed into them as well. Not necessarily in the game itself, per se. Sometimes you have to look outside of it, like Overwatch, but there was a lot of lore and story still within the game. And then of course the division had a crap load of story in it. I I played the demos and I actually got a full copy of it when I got my keyboard for Christmas. So I have it installed and I'm going to be playing it now that they've patched a whole bunch of stuff. It's presumably going to be better as well. And it was a lot of fun though from what I'd heard from a lot of people was until you get to the end game. So we'll see how it goes. And then of course destiny continues to live on, strongly for the people who love playing that game and the expansions are doing nothing but getting better and then of course there's doom as well that was just spectacular so it was a really good and that's not counting all the like really hardcore ones that everybody likes to play shooters but just these for us were among the best that that we enjoyed the most i know for a fact yeah and i mean just look back at how we felt about overwatch before we played it we're like, ah, it's multiplayer only. I don't know if it's going to be worth the price. And like, ah, I'm sure it'll be fun, but I don't know how. And I, I know you two play it constantly. I, I would play it more if I had a little more time. <laughs> well, it was actually a game that both Joe and I agreed during beta that our opinions up until that point were justified. It was like, no, this mm-hmm. has got too many issues and it just does mm-hmm. not feel well. But then they fixed so much shit when they brought it out and then we've seen much like I was saying with some of the other games they've continually kept it up to date and making changes adding class 
all this stuff. So it, it has a really strong future going forward, without a doubt. So, yeah. Joe, you back? Yeah, I just don't really have anything else to add because, I mean, it was good. But, I mean, are you playing enjoyable. the division at all still? Off and on. Like, I, unless I'm playing with like a group of friends, I don't touch it. Right. Okay. Because you'd gotten to the point where it was no longer fun or you're just not into it anymore? It's not really that fun anymore. Like, I I, I hate to say that. Like, I really do. It's just, I much more enjoy, like, playing Overwatch or... Destiny as well. Destiny or literally anything else. Like, it's at the low end of my shooter list, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. And then this was a big year as well for hardware as well. We, we, We got, it's just the announcement, but still... New Nintendo Switch, and then the PS4 Pro and the Xboxes that they're going to be <laughs> releasing. So because of this mentality that they're now taking moving forward of releasing incremental changes to the consoles, presumably this is something that we're going to have to get used to now. Uh, as long as people keep buying them. Like, <laughs> that's going to be the bottom line is, okay, does the Scorpio own the PS4 Pro did they sell enough units to make it worth, you know, the development costs and that's something we're going to have to see in the long run. Well, you got to wonder if, like you're saying, if it's worth the development cost, but also if it has an impact because you're not getting all of these, the, the saved up sales that you would when people have been clamoring for a new console now mm-hmm. for, let's say a couple of years. And it's reached a point where it's like, Man, cannot wait for the PS5 to come yeah, out. Yeah, how many people pre-ordered the PS4 Pro? Exactly, exactly. Versus the PS4, so you have to wonder if they make more sales by holding off and building on that, so people are clamoring for a new console versus just saying, "Yeah, this is a little bit stronger." Here's another console kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and then of I course, mean, I know as of November, like the PS Pro moved like forty thousand units. So I don't know what it is after Christmas, but I mean, that's that's not a large number. No, it's not. But it hasn't been making that big a difference in terms of the games and certainly not that big a difference in terms of the VR stuff for PSVR either from what I have read. So it's not really worth buying just for that. So it's just one of those, well, got to buy a new PS4, may as well. Okay, when you just bought your PS4, did you buy the old one or the Pro? I got the the, the old, well, the new slim version of the old one because I I don't have 4K. I don't need to spend the money on a pro. Yeah. So, And then, of course, the other big hardware was that PSVR that came out, which I had been waiting forever for and love. And so it's, it's really something that I am looking forward to seeing that evolution as the PSVR 2 comes out and things like that. And as more and more games come out, Thumper remains one of my favorite games to play, especially on the VR. It's just a ton of fun. And then you had games like the Batman Arkham VR, which were excellent in terms of like new flying games that I've done, like the Eagle flight and soar. Holy shit. Those games are freaking awesome to play. And then I got a copy of Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, and I was playing that with Tristan yesterday. We had some time off and said, okay, let's, I need to play this game and get a good handle on it and see what it's like and if it's fun. And we took turns because, of course, it is a game where one person's defusing a bomb and the other person is just looking at a manual on the TV and looking through all the pages to find what to do. And so you, the communication is, like, really important 
so that the person who's looking at the bomb in the VR is telling you exactly what they're looking at. Then you got to go through pages of instructions of what to do and then relay to them in time. And you would think, because initially, like, I was doing the VR stuff and Tristan was feeding me off the lines of what to do. And it was a lot of fun. And then it was like, okay, your turn. Go ahead and try. And I'm looking at the screen. He's saying, this is what you're looking at on my side. And I'm going, oh, my God. God, and it's just a bunch of pages. And I'm going, how can this be fun? And then I got a chair because I had to sit closer to be able to see on the fucking screen. So I'm sitting on the chair. I tried standing, but the old knees wouldn't have it. I'm sitting down and I'm having a fucking blast reading an instruction manual, essentially. And because you're working with this other person who's blind to what you see. And trying to work together, and we laughed. There were bombs that blew up, without a doubt, but we also diffused a bunch of them. And it is by far the get-together game that I can see myself playing with other people when they come in. When I need to show them how much fun the PSVR is, I'm not necessarily going to be showing them Thumper first or the Batman game or anything like that. It's going to be, let's have some fun and do this, keep talking, and nobody explodes game. Because it is that much fun. Mm-hmm. So a lot of cool stuff. Again, there's a lot of cool stuff that's been coming out for the Oculus as well as the Vive and Gear VR. But having done of those, I can't speak to them. And Vince, you actually got to try the the Gear VR. Did you do a lot of it or did you just try that one little thing? I, I just tried that one because oh. you know, there was you know, a dozen people there. So you can like pass around the headset so much. Because yeah, it's uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more stuff on the the the, the Android as well. But as, as a nice like low cost alternative, like if you have a Galaxy phone, okay, buy this little headset and yeah. you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Joe, you actually you've got both the, the the Gear VR as well as an Android, do you not? Yep, I do. Yeah, so you're playing a few things on there, presumably. It's I, I I've tried. Or is your I phone just, not good enough? It, the phone's good enough. It's it's more a matter of I haven't really found anything that I've found engrossing. Right. I guess would be the best way to put it. Like some of the – I'm – I don't know. I haven't found – I, I know from – My experience yet. From talking to, to DJ, uh, Alicia's nephew, like the, the thing he and like everybody that tried it out, the thing they did most was just watch Netflix on it. Oh, dude. <laughs> Like, oh, you're in this nice room with a fireplace going. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> when Tristan was playing at one point and we were done with the games and I would say, oh, yeah, before you take the headset off, start up Netflix. And he was like, okay. And I said, just find something with a lot of action. And it happened that Civil War was right there. I said, put that on. And he started watching and he didn't want to stop. <laughs> It was like, okay, it's supper time. Hold on a second. And I could see what he's watching because it's on the screen as well. (laughs) And he was watching the big battle scene at the airport and the the cracks from Spider-Man and and everything else. And he was just blown away because, again, it is so goddamn big. So, yeah, as I'm watching movies alone now, if if Karen's gone to bed and and Tristan's doing something else or whatever, I'm – Fuck the 52-inch TV. <laughs> I'm playing on, I'm watching it on VR. And the little bit that loses in fidelity, it more than makes up for in scope and presence, without a doubt. In keeping with mobile, interesting year for mobile for me. I haven't done a ton, but of course you get the pizza, uh, pizza, the Pokemon Go game, which changed the way people look at, at handheld games. 
I've been playing the crap out of the Digimon game on my Vita and absolutely adore it. And now recently, thanks to fucking Tart, it's this <laughs> Marvel Sum Sum game which has consumed my life. Like I said, I found the Discord channel for it that is like active as fuck. People discussing metas and everything else and figuring it out. It took me a while to to figure the game out too because it's not really played out that well with what you can do. But once you figure it out, it's like, ah, okay, I get it. But like there's like, in addition to like the, the quote unquote questing, call it PVE questing where you're going around doing stuff, you could do battles with other people as well not against them although presumably you can do that as well that i haven't done yet but you could do it with them against bosses because they have events for a couple of weeks at a time i believe where it's bosses black hat was there up until just yesterday and now that one's gone and been replaced by venom so you can fight against venom and then have a chance to get venom as well and use them there's difficulty levels when you do these battles from from normal all the way to chaos, there's four of them. And of course, the harder the difficulty level, the greater chance that you will get the the, the, the Venom, the, the, the character, whoever it is that you're fighting. Now, the meta in this game is one of the most important stats is luck because that gives you a chance of getting additional loot when you win a fight. And you can get it up to 99. So what people do is they try to get to 99 luck on these characters because... As soon as you get a second of the same character, what it does is it increases the stats and the luck. So when these events come out for the bosses, people farm them to try to get 99 on those those bosses to then use those in other things. So, of course, I can beat normal. No problem. Hard? I was doing okay against Black Hat on hard, but Venom whoops my fucking ass. I was only level 17. And so I'm talking to people in Discord and I'm saying, like, I'm a, can you even get him on normal? Am I wasting my time? And they're going, yeah, you can. It's just the odds are really slim. Just group up with somebody else and sit. And I'm going, I don't like bugging higher level people to run me through. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, it doesn't work that way in this. And it's fun. So I'm fine. So I found somebody this afternoon who was like, I'm farming Venom if anyone wants to join me. And I was like, yes. So we started playing. The cool thing about this is, and I don't know if... Like, you've seen Tart do this yet, Joe? Because you're not playing, are you, Joe? No, I refuse to. You should. <laughs> nope, I refuse to. There's a reason why. What's cool is that um, when you are playing with somebody else, for all intents and purposes, you're one hero, and then you have the one villain that you're fighting against. On the person who's hosting the the whatever, the party, they are going to DPS. So when they're doing shit, they're DPSing the boss. On your screen, you're seeing the same thing. You're seeing the the, the boss appearing on your screen and, and, and whatnot. But as you're doing combos and whatnot, you're actually healing yourself. You're healing your team. So it's this very, very unique system of healing that I've never seen. And I had a blast. And then as bombs drop on in the thing, normally you'd use them to do damage. But if you're healing, you can wait till a specific point because if you use it any time, it's going to just heal you. And then you can flick it to your partner who can then use it to blow the shit out of the boss. It was a fucking blast. Like I did, no pun intended there, but I played with this person for a couple of hours. We had a ton of, and I've got a level 25 Venom now, <laughs> luck because of it. And it was just a ton of fun. So 
it's it's a very well crafted game and addictive as shit like it really is fucking addictive but in a good way i haven't spent well i shouldn't say that there's a, an intro package where you can buy some some orbs i did that but only later once i put in a lot of hours of it they deserve it at least that much like i gave them 10 bucks but since then i haven't put a penny in and i don't intend to but man fucking awesome love it <laughs> well i'm glad she could bring you joy yes all right, let's talk about uh, what we're looking forward to now. Actually, I just remembered something going back to the whole mobile thing. Go for it. A uh, small little game called Reigns, uh, R-E-I-G-N-S, from Devolver Digital. I think it was like two, three bucks I picked it up for on the Android store. And it's you playing as a succession of rulers over a nation. And everything is a very simple yes or no choice like each you know each year goes by and you know an advisor will come up to you and whatnot and it's it's kind of like tinder swipe right for yes, <laughs> yes or no. like it's it's very swiping right on napoleon but it's very addictive because you can go through an entire reign in you know two three minutes <laughs> so because you have to maintain like uh prosperity military strength this and that if any of them obviously fall to the bottom the kingdom crumbles but if any of them also get too high you lose power so it's a very give and take with a lot of like really interesting decisions at one point a pigeon started talking to me i went to so it's realistic hell, is what you're saying like wait 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 game or real life i'm confused here <laughs> it's gonna so get stranger than small, that <laughs> again very graphically minimal and the gameplay is consists entirely of swipe left swipe right i played the hell out of it i've Wait a minute, I, it's a game, I, not Tinder. I <laughs> I still have it on my phone. I've gone through like several hundred years in the lifespan of this nation at this point. It's it's well worth checking out. Cool. Okay. Let's talk about what we're looking for next year. There is a lot both big and not as uh, big in terms of, uh, of uh, budget, but a ton of really cool stuff that's going to be coming out. Not all of these necessarily next year. Some of them might be later than that, but we're looking at like Horizon Zero Dawn, Death Stranding, Detroit Become Human, which I don't think people are talking about enough. Cause, well, man, it's been pushed back over three years now. Oh, Jesus. That Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game? Oh, oh my God, I cannot wait for that. And I really hope... I would love to see them do a Deadpool game after this. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, well, that probably won't happen because Fox is like, it's ours. Yeah, but they've grouped up. Uh, Telltale's grouped up with a number of people. So who knows? Anyways, uh, Last of Us Part 2 and Mass, Mass Effect Andromeda, Persona 5. There's a new Atlas RPG. Vince, you were talking about as well. What's that? Uh, we don't really know yet. <laughs> but uh, Atlas has started up a new studio with a new RPG project. I doubt we'll see it next, next year. year we might not even see it in 2018, but it's something to keep our eyes on. Cool. Prey, of course. The next Nino Kuni, Revenant Kingdom, Red Dead Redemption 2, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, Hob, Assassin's Creed, Dragon's Quest um, 11. There's a lot of cool stuff coming forward. In terms of what you think you're going to be playing the most of, not necessarily the one that's going to be the best one, but in terms of what you think is the one that's going to be the best for you, Vince, what are you thinking? Persona. Yeah. That's no question. I, I mean, 
I'm sure Nino Cooney is going to be one of the best games of the year, but Persona is what I'll you think you're going to play more to and probably spend the most time with more so than Nino Cooney. Yes, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, All right. Joe. What about you? You're probably going to laugh, but out of everything, Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm not going to laugh. <laughs> That's at that. not funny because, like, even compared against Mass Effect and Drama, the Last uh, Last of Us Part Two, Horizon Zero Dawn, all of those, they all look fun, but. Red Dead Redemption 2 is the is a game that I've been waiting years for even a glimmer of it because Red Dead Redemption was one of my favorite games ever and I can't wait to see what happens into the the way the story continues what actually happened with his kid afterwards um because you know he's in that gang if it is actually you know the Magnificent 7 like I think it is everything about it and plus the fact that it's going to be happening at a time frame where sort of the wild west was coming to an end it makes me really curious how that's all going to play out like i need this game in my life and i'm going to probably devote a shit ton of time to it not surprising at all at all i am like i said I, that detroit become human is something that i'm really looking forward to the problem is is that i don't want to get too hyped about it because we don't know enough that it might be very disappointing, but hey, man, if it's everything that I'm hoping for, I cannot wait for that game. But of course, the top one for me, it is Nino Kuni too, because mm-hmm. like we talked about last week, I spent so much time in the first one that I cannot wait for the second one. I, I, I can't wait to see the changes that they've implemented, if any, in terms of be it the combat system or the different uh, things that you can capture and things like that. Like, there's so much about it that I just cannot wait to play the goddamn game. So, in terms of also coming up right around the corner, it is the anniversary of Diablo. We have talked about the fact that they're putting in some classic Diablo stuff in D3. The next season of Diablo 3 is going to be coming up. I believe it's starting on January 5th or 6th. I think it's the 6th. But they actually just released some information today. I think it was today that it came out where they're actually pushing through Diablo content through all of their games, all Blizzard games. So we're going to be seeing influences of that in Heroes of the Storm, in Hearthstone, Overwatch, StarCraft 2, and World of Warcraft. That's kind of cool. I, I'm, I'm really curious what we're going to see. Like, I mean, in terms of here, there's a storm. You're looking at getting a, a portrait, and then the tavern brawl for Hearthstone sounds pretty freaking interesting. Like a lot of these are simple little things, but I'm, I'm curious about World of Warcraft because that's yeah. where they've got the most wiggle room to just put random shit in there and have fun with it. You know, it'd be really cool if they did something like um, in Doom there was a thing where you could find hidden Mm -hmm. uh, rooms of the original game, which was a really interesting uh, thing. And then it unlocked like um, these, these whole levels that you could participate of the original game, but done in the new engine with some of the original textures updated. I would love to see like little hidden, like dungeons or cellars or something like that throughout. Like Suramar is a great place to stick this shit because you're in there anyway, running around like, 
you know, you go into this root cellar, all of a sudden a bunch of undead spawn up or something. They they can do so many cool things with that. I really want – I can't wait to see that. Well, their quote too is, strange things are afoot in the world of Azeroth as denizens of sanctuary cross over into an unfamiliar world. I'm thinking, oh, dude. Tyrael. It's going to be Tyrael. <laughs> I just want to be walking around in freaking Stormwind or whatever and fucking Deckard Kane is walking past. <laughs> Listen. Yes. You know what? If they incorporated enough really cool stuff and made, be it mini games or quests or something out of it, I could see myself subbing back up for a month just to play through that. Because, yeah, that's that's pretty freaking awesome. So that is going to wrap it up for this year for us. Thank you very much for listening over the course of the year and supporting us as we do this. It's always a blast recording the show, of course, and we like that people enjoy it as well. Boys, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year coming up in a few days. As always, you guys are the best. Aww. Here's to another year of not killing each other through the Internet. You're closer. I don't have to do it through the Internet. I could just drive down to you now. I can just tell both of your girlfriends to whop you upside the head. You don't even have to tell <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, of course, you can find the show notes at ForTheLore.com. And we are on Twitter at ForTheLore. Or individually, Joe is Loaders at J. Vince is Simonian and I am Zen Buddhas. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. And with that, we'll see you in the new year. I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a nerve of steel. Viva Las Vegas! Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by ForTheLore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. If I wind up broke, well, I'll always remember that I had a swing in time. I'm gonna give it everything I've got Lady luck, please let the dice stay hot Let me shoot a seven with every shot Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas